the 1st of March, 2007, episode 67. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. It seems more and more these days, consumers set out on a daily basis looking for great deals on the best products, sometimes with the flashiest ads and packaging. But when we buy something of great value, we want certain assurances that it is the correct product for our needs and that any additional services associated with this product will be delivered in a timely fashion with minimal confrontation. To achieve this standard, we need a capable salesman with excellent customer service skills. Sound a bit like an oxymoron? Today we'll talk a bit about a dying tradition of customer service, and as a side topic we'll also talk a bit about entering yourself in design contests and the positive effect this can have on your artwork and on your career. First off, I want to just apologize about last week. Um, As many of you probably know, there was no show last week, and if you went up to the website you saw something that said, uh, damn machine. It wasn't exactly the machine that that caused my problems, but the application that I was using, and I'm not sure what happened. It's happened before, but I use Audio Hijack Pro, and basically I hit the record button, recorded an an entire episode for this podcast, and when I got to the end, I pressed stop, and I went back and to listen to it, and half of it was gone. Actually, more than half of it was gone. It didn't record much of anything that I did, and after talking for about 40, 45 minutes, and then going back to uh, going back to find that there's basically nothing there is is just not something you want to do. So I was pretty irritated about that. I have certain schedules set out. I, I set aside time to do these podcasts, and when I lose that much time, it's not always easy for me to pick it up and like do it the next day or something like that. So that's why we had to wait until this week. And for that, again, I apologize. Um, I just didn't have time to get it done last week, so we'll be doing it this week, and hopefully that won't happen anymore. I don't know what happened, but uh, I'm, I'm thinking it was just some kind of bug or something because I've obviously done lots more podcasts, and that only happened a couple times, so hopefully we can avoid that in the future. Uh, one thing I want to point out, Rookie Designer and Quick Tips for Designers have been promoted on a website that I found, and this is actually a website that I put in the bullpen a couple of weeks ago. It's uh, photoshopsupport.com. That's not actually the URL that you need to go to to find the the uh, little story on our two podcasts, but uh, I will put that up in the show notes. And as always, you can find the show notes for all of these shows at rookiedesigner.com slash rookie. You can find any links that I talk about, a broad summary of what we talk about in each of the episodes, so you can check that out. But again, if I ever talk about any kind of links, they will be in the show notes and you can go there and get them because sometimes the links are a little crazy, a little too long to actually read. But just know that if you go to Photoshop support, there is a little article about me and the podcast. Speaking of quick tips, uh, I wanted to let everybody know that there is one in the works coming soon. It's how to make a screencast that rocks. And uh, this is basically me going through the whole process of how I make my screencast. I get tons and tons of emails all the time. And again, I'm not sure if it's maybe people that listen to this one and watch Quick Tips, but if it is, let me just tell you right now, I have made this podcast. It's going to come out in probably about a month. I need to get everything put together. 
but it will show you all the steps that I go through, what resolutions that I use, what kind of encoding I use to make it look as good as, as it comes out. Because I do, I get emails on that like every single week. Like what, what program do you use to capture the screen and, and what kind of compression do you use and all that kind of stuff. You will find all that out when this is released. So you don't have to send me those emails anymore. Also with the forum, I've added a couple new categories by popular demand. Uh, there's one for illustrations and one for photography. So if you want to share any tips or tricks in illustrating, be it hand-drawn illustrations or computer illustrations, and also photography. If uh, I know a lot of us probably do a little photography on the side kind of as a hobby. Some of you may actually do it professionally, which uh, obviously can help you out if you're a graphic designer and you can do your own photography. But uh, if you want to share any tips or tricks for either of those, or if you actually want to put up some, some of your own illustrations or photography, uh, I've actually put up a photo and a couple other people have put up their photos in there already. So you can go up and uh, see what everybody's doing in their free time. Uh, the usual things, I ask that you tell a friend about this podcast. If, if you have friends out there or if you have acquaintances or anybody you know that's interested in design and you think could benefit from listening to this podcast, please let them know because we don't do any other kind of advertising. It's all on you guys to uh, spread the word about Rookie Designer. We also are continuing the email program. We're going to start with a new email this time, and this is for Print Magazine, which is a, an American magazine about graphic design and uh, culture and all that kind of stuff. Very cool little magazine. Uh, again, we're going to be sending this to the editor. It's kind of a general email. It's info at printmag.com. That's info at printmag, P-R-I-N-T-M-A-G.com. And again, this just goes to the editor. Uh, some people brought up some uh, some concerns about sending emails to these people, and are they going to be angry that we're that a bunch of people are sending in emails? Uh, I think not, because if we're sending to the editor, they they get emails about random stuff all the time. So as long as you personally aren't sending them an, a, a new email like every day or every week, that would be considered spam. But having a lots of different people send in with the same message, I don't think that's spam. So. Uh, and basically, you're trying to promote something that that uh, we think should be in their magazine because it deals with graphic design. So, again, if you're new to this, the email program we're sending to different magazines and publications and websites. And basically, I'm just asking you to send them a quick email saying that you listen to this podcast, you think it's a very good reference for graphic designers, and uh, perhaps they should maybe write a piece on it or at least mention it in their magazine or their website. And that would definitely help us out here because, again, we don't have the money to advertise. This is what we're trying to do instead. All right. Uh, one last thing. Actually, I already said this. Uh, let me just reiterate, though. If you need anything out of the show notes, if you need links, uh, the email program email link is always up in the show notes, too. You can go to rookiedesigner.com slash rookie. And you can also find lots of other good resources from there. So check it out if you have the time. So I want to start out with this topic, kind of talking about one of my experiences lately. And uh, we we're talking about good salesmen, good salesmen with good customer service, which is kind of a dying breed. There's a couple of things that sparked this topic that, I, that I'm covering today. One of which was I saw a, a story on my local news that was talking about how customer service is, is kind of uh, fading out these days. Uh, more and more, you're finding that that people uh, just don't pay enough attention to customer service, which is a bad thing because it's very, very important. 
The other thing was I recently went out and bought a new truck. And I think car salesmen are kind of the epitome of, of pushy salesmen, people who don't really care too much about customer service and are just trying to make that sale. So I went out uh, to about four or five different dealerships. There was a special running with my credit union to where I could get a better rate if I went to certain dealerships. So of course I went to those first to see if I could find what I wanted, if I wanted to deal with those people so that I could get that better uh, percentage rate, the finance charge rate. So I went to the first place. Uh, I dealt with a, a younger guy and he was very nice seemed to be uh seemed to be very keen on the customer service he was pretty good we drove around to their different lots uh, the dealerships always have like extra lots where they store their cars um we drove around to all of those didn't find what we wanted came back and he kind of said well you know if you if you decide to take something different here's my card give me a call whatever i thought that was very good i had a very good first first experience there very good vibe from that that place so I left, I went to another one to, of course, I was looking for a particular type of truck and a particular color and all that kind of stuff. Went to the next place and had a completely different experience. And one thing that I've noticed is these older salesmen, the guys that have been in 10 years, 20 years, they have a certain way of selling that I, I am assuming was from back when they started. And the way you sell these days, it just isn't the same. And some of these guys have a hard time dealing with the fact that they need to change their style and they just don't. Things have changed though. You can't force consumers because there's so many choices out there these days. Uh, it's it's just impossible to force something on somebody. They can just go somewhere else and get exactly what they want or get something at least a little more similar to what they want. Uh, the internet has also revolutionized consumption. You can buy just about anything. If I really wanted to avoid dealerships, I could have gone on the internet somewhere and bought my car that way and uh, not had to deal with these salesmen at all. And uh, I, I think some of these older guys have a hard time dealing with that, but they really need to wake up and, and smell the coffee because that's what's going on. Anyways, this guy kind of walked us. He didn't drive us around to the lots. He walked us up back to their lot, and he's pointing out cars that aren't even what I told him that he want that I wanted. Uh, I said, I want this, this, and that. He points out this one that has nothing the same except for the color. It's not even the same damn truck. And I just kind of had a bad experience. We get back into the office and he's like, okay, well, let me see what I can do. Uh, if you can wait two months for it, we can wait till the next shipment comes in and, and we'll order it and get it off the boat, blah, blah, blah. No, that's not going to work. Uh, well, we could, uh, let's look through what, what we can do like dealership trades and that kind of stuff. And so he was trying to do stuff, but everything he was coming up with was not what I wanted. So I had a bad experience there. So I decided, okay, I will, uh, I'll give a little bit on the color. Let's go back to the first place and, and try and work a deal with them. So I went back and I wanted to talk to the same young guy that I dealt with before because he was pretty nice, but he was with another customer. So he, uh, kind of gave me over to one of his colleagues, which was a guy who had been in the business for seven years. Okay, so this guy wasn't as bad. We went around and looked for, you know, the truck that I was looking for, maybe in a different color. Didn't quite find exactly what I wanted, but he was trying to work with me and he was pretty nice until we came to, came down to the price of the, the truck. And he gave us a price and we said, well, that seems a little high. I had gone a few weeks prior to actually test drive the truck and got a quote. And this was a completely different place. Got the quote 
it was much lower than what this guy was quoting me. So I said, you know, I went to this other place and they quoted me this price. And the guy says, uh, no, this is what it costs. I said, well, yeah, that may be so, but this is what I got quoted at this other place. And basically he just called me and my wife liars for saying that, that we were quoted that price. He said, well, you must've been driving a two wheel drive truck. And I said, no, it was a four wheel drive truck. And, uh, you know, back and forth like that until my wife said, you know what, uh, I'm going to call them right now and see if they can still give us that price. So he said, okay, no problem. So he walked away. We called, uh, we talked to the guy that we had dealt with before, who was very, very nice, by the way. And he said, what the hell are you doing there? Get over here right now. I will give you uh, that price is what I quoted you. I will give you a good price on a truck. So we basically told that guy to get lost and we, and we went to the dealership that we probably should have gone to in the first place. Now we didn't get the, the deal for the money. We didn't get the lower rate at this place, but this place had great customer service. These people listened to us. They listened to what we wanted. They knew how to please us. They knew what we wanted and they were going to give us either exactly that or as close to that as they could possibly get. And we were willing to sacrifice saving money to deal with somebody who had good customer service, somebody who knew our needs and was willing to get those needs taken care of. So kind of a long-winded story, but I think it it shows you exactly what we're looking to provide to our customers, and that's what we're going to talk about now, is providing that customer service to our customers so that they're happy. Basically, what we're trying to do is make these people happy so First of all, they don't feel bad about paying us all the money we're charging them. And second, they're going to come back to us again when they have other needs because we we treated them so well in the first place. Although designs may not be looked upon as an actual product the way a car is, we are essentially selling an end product of artwork. Uh, If the customer hires us to make a website or make a brochure, that's what they're concerned with. They're concerned with the end result. They're paying X amount of dollars for a brochure that they can hand out to their customers or for a website. So really, although it's it's not as, as much of a material thing as a car is, it is essentially the same thing. We are selling, we're selling ideas here. So we want to use the same tactics as selling a product. There's tons of competition out there. Just like there was tons of competition with the dealerships, uh, I only went to Toyota dealerships and I had about eight different choices of places that I could go to that all sell Toyota. So in the same way, we as designers may have special talents. Maybe we're, maybe we specialize in making websites or maybe we specialize in multimedia content or maybe we specialize in business ID packages. There's going to be other designers out there that specialize in the same things. So there is always going to be that competition. And because of that, we have to have our selling points in order here. We have to have selling points to to give to the customer to to convince them to use us instead of the competition. So this goes back to what I said about you might want to do some research on your competition and see what they offer so that maybe you can one-up them and offer something else. Uh, selling points would be just that, offering something something other than the other guys, something else that they don't offer. Uh, maybe you work very quickly you work quicker than others and you can get things done, get thing, things pushed out very quickly. Uh, maybe you have very good attention to detail and uh, you don't make mistakes and that's a good selling point to have. 
Customer service is also a very good selling point to have. Uh, if you're nice to people, if somebody's an amazing artist, but they're very, not very nice to their clients, uh, chances are they're not going to want to stick with them. So being nice to people is a very big selling point. Uh, sometimes you're going to have to offer discounts. You might offer a discount to somebody for a first-time project. If they're this is their first time with you, maybe give them 10% off or something. You also might want to offer discounts for referrals. If you have somebody that, that uses you frequently and they have other colleagues that maybe they could bring business to you, just give them something like, if you bring somebody and, and they they start a project with me, then I'll give you a certain amount off your next project. That's always a good thing to do as well. Any kind of discount that you can give, uh, even if it's very small, consumers tend to really like discounts. Uh, Basically, even if you made the price higher and then discounted it so that it ended up being the same price, they don't know that. It just looks good to them that you're giving them a discount. Uh, I'm not saying do that, but uh, that that is a tactic of some people. You know, some some stores actually do stuff like that because people just tend to like that feeling that they're getting a deal. So discounts work very well. But customer service, I think, is a very big thing, very big selling point for your business. And uh, as I said, we're basically selling our ideas or the fact that our ideas are going to spawn great artwork or great pieces, great end results for them to be able to uh, use as collateral or whatever they're using it for. So many times it is a sales pitch. Sometimes your customer doesn't know what they want or what they need, and you're kind of kind of going to have to school them on what it is they need for their business. Uh, if they're just starting out a new business they're going to need a business ID package. If they think that they can gain more, more leads from the web, then they're going to need a website. These are things that you're going to have to, uh, when you do your research of what their company is about and what, what they're trying to do with it, these are the things you're going to be able to kind of tell them, you might want this, you probably need this, and kind of just go from there. Sometimes a customer doesn't realize that they need something. And we've talked about this in the uh, quote-unquote cold call. And that, again, is where maybe you, you pinpoint a business. You go in, maybe it's a restaurant, and you go in and you look at their menu, and their menu is just so jumbled together, so many things on one page that you can't even find anything. You, you don't even know what you want. So maybe you go in and you say, you know, I've seen your menu, and I think that it could be improved, and it could really help your business out uh, by letting people decide what they want a little easier. And you go in and, and you kind of start things up that way. And they don't really realize that they maybe they need a new menu, but you're trying to convince them, you're trying to sell them on the fact that they do need one and that you're the best person to do it for them. Your customer might not know anything about the whole process of actually getting graphics made and, and going through that whole thing. So you might, you might be very free in, in what you're trying to sell them. And this could be a good thing too. Not only do they not know what they need, but they don't know anything about the whole process. So you're going to have to school them a little bit about how we go through and and how revision the revision process goes through and how they approve things and all that kind of stuff. But uh, this, again, could be a, a very good opportunity for you to sell your, your services here because if they don't know anything about anything, essentially you could sell them something that they don't need. Uh, this probably isn't going to be the case very often with us because... Uh, we cater to businesses' needs, and you know, if it's a business, they need certain things. They need a website. They need a business ID package. They need marketing collateral. There aren't many things that we can sell them that they don't need. Uh, it might not spit, fit their specific need at that point, but all in all, they're pretty much going to need whatever we can give them. So 
this might just be a, a little freer process for you if they don't know what's going on at all. The last one is you might have a customer that has a limited budget. And I'm going to go out on a limp here and say that you're definitely going to find clients like this. You're definitely going to have clients like this. And this brings up a whole other topic that I've heard a couple of people talking about lately, which is what if my client complains about the pricing that I give them? This is another thing that's bound to happen. It's happened to me a couple of times already. And uh, the first thing we want to do if this happens is don't get angry. You don't want to take it personally. Uh, people are cheap. They don't want to spend money. And a lot of people don't see the importance in uh, graphic design work. So they're going to be even more put off when you give them a price quote that's above what they thought they were going to pay. So don't get mad. You always want to stay calm, but you got to stay assertive. You can't take the stance that uh, every time somebody complains about your pricing that you're just going to drop it. Uh, there are times and places to give discounts. You never ever want to give a discount just because somebody thinks something is too expensive. One thing that I've set up with one of my clients is we almost kind of have a contract that he's going to give me X amount of work. We're going to do several different projects so I can discount him on the price because I know I'm going to be getting lots of work from him. That's one way to go about it. But if you're doing one project and they just say, no, that's too much. I can't pay that much for that. You don't want to say, well, okay, well, I'll give you a discount just because you think it's too much. That's going to put yourself in a bad position because where does that end? Every time somebody complains about your prices, are you going to drop them? Hopefully not because you're just undercutting yourself. You're making it harder for yourself to make money and you're degrading the whole the whole slew of graphic designers that's out there trying to make money. There are people that do this too. And, and it really makes it hard for us trying to make an honest living, trying to charge what graphic design actually is supposed to cost when somebody's out there doing, you know, less than favorable work and they're doing it for half the price. If somebody says that your prices are too high, the first thing that I usually do is I offer for the customer to seek better prices elsewhere. I say, go ahead and go to some other companies and get a quote from them. I'm confident enough in my prices, in my work, that if they go out somewhere else and, and they find other quotes from other people, that I'm going to be the best price for the quality of work that's being put out. Now, sometimes they will leave. And if they do leave, then you didn't need this customer. Now, you might have needed the money that came from this customer to pay your bills, but if somebody's going to complain about how much your services cost, then that's a client that you don't want. You might need them because you might need the money right then, but that's a, that's a client that you're not going to want to have in the long run. So uh, I say you're better off without them, even though it might not seem like it if you're, you're scraping by. Uh, sometimes you might have to take that, that job anyways, but for the most part, that's, that's a client you don't want to have. Uh, they might go out and they might find a better price, but usually it's going to be lesser quality than you're providing, provided that you're not charging way too much for what you do. If you give them an honest price for what you're worth, then you know they're probably not going to find a better price for, for work that's the same quality or better than yours. And many times they're, they're going to come back to you for your selling points. And that's why the selling points are very important. They'll go to these other people and they'll see that you go above and beyond these other companies, that you do more, that you do it more quickly, that you do it more efficiently, that you, all the things that you told them. And bottom line, maybe you're nicer than those other people. There might be an amazing artist that they can go to and get a pretty good price. But if that person is not very nice to them, then they, they will probably come back to you for your customer service alone.
One of the unique things about the services that we provide is that we have to work very closely with the client during the creation phases. So because of this, customer service is even, even more important. Uh, we have to be very understanding of the client's needs at all times. We have to really listen to the consumer. And going back to the car dealership thing, uh, I pointed out that a lot of those guys don't listen to what you want. And if you don't listen to your customers about what they want in their designs, it's really just going to make your life even, even harder. Because if you don't listen and you just go ahead and do whatever it is you think that they should do, when you get to those ending phases, then you're not going to end up with what they want and they're going to make you change it. And you're going to have to do your work over again. So it's very, very important to listen to what the customer wants, even though sometimes it's not going to be what you think they should do. Uh, sometimes you just have to suck it up and do what they want instead. Uh, on that same topic, we need to advise, but not demand. If there's a certain way that we think something should be laid out, if there's a, a certain a way of doing things that we think is better than what the customer is recommending, then we're going to advise them that, hey, maybe we should try this way instead. Maybe we should do it my way because I have the training, I have the, the, the knowledge to know that your audience may react a certain way to this and it might be better than what you're suggesting. What we don't want to do is demand that they change something. We don't want to say, your way is crap. I know what I'm doing here. Let me do it my way and uh, everything will be better. You don't want to do that because, first of all, some people will just flat drop you right there. They'll be like, well, you know, I'm paying for this service. I should be able to decide what I want. You're not going to give me that. Then screw you. So we don't want to demand it. We want to advise. We want to say, you know, you might want to think about doing things this way. And if they say no, then you say, yes, sir, or yes, ma'am, I will do it your way because you're paying me either way. So it doesn't matter to me. But you want to, you want to have that leeway. You don't want to be demanding of the customer. And you want to work to an end point. You want to make sure everything is going in the right direction and going towards a certain direction that's going to end up with the piece that they need or the piece that they want. And this brings me to my next topic, which is endless changes and revisions. Something you're also going to have to deal with most likely because people just don't know what they want. The hardest thing to get people to do is to decide on something and stick with their decision. And when people don't know what they want or aren't quite sure what they want, it makes us even harder because they see something they don't like it, they want to change it. And then they see the changes and they don't like that and they want to change that. It's just something that always happens. So what do we do in this situation? We want to stay calm. You don't want to get angry. As long as we can uh, deal with the changes, that's fine. Uh, we want to deal with it in a very professional way, though. We want to stay consistent. I always like to ask the, the client I want to say, okay, you've made a couple of changes here to this and this. Are you sure that these are, are the final changes? Are you sure this is the way you would like to have things set up? And kind of go, get a little conversation going before you go and make those changes. One thing you don't want to do is complete every single change they ask you to complete immediately. Turn it around, give them another proof, because it's just going to turn into one of these endless situations where you just keep doing it over and over and over again. Try and get them to give you a significant amount of changes so that when you give them the next proof, it's not just the same exact thing with one thing changed. You want it to be a, a big improvement upon what they had before. 
I also like to encourage speedy decisions to keep things on track. Now, you don't want to bug these people about this kind of stuff, but one thing you can do is kind of warn them that the deadline is approaching or that things are kind of off schedule as far as the deadline goes and and we really need to make some decisions or things aren't going to get done on time. Again, this is something that you'll experience a lot and and sometimes people just, just don't get back to you in the amount of time that you would like them to. Which brings us to the next question. What if it takes forever for the customer to sign off on something or get back to me about a change? Again, first thing here, stay calm. And you're going you're gonna to see kind of a pattern growing here. You don't want to be pushy, though. The last thing you want to do is be pushy with these people because marketing and design projects may be pretty low priority in their company. If you're working with a very small company, you're working with the actual owners of the company. There's not very many people that work there. There's not somebody dedicated to marketing projects. Then they probably have a lot more important things to take care of on a daily basis than uh, approving a proof that you sent to them or giving you a change to some copy that they sent you previously. So you always want to be nice about things. You don't want to bug them too much. I like to actually send emails myself. Uh, You do have the option of calling them to try and get the info. And sometimes if there's lots of changes going on, it might be better to call them and have a conversation for about 20 minutes about something rather than have some kind of email going back and forth about 20 times. It'll save you time that way. But I actually tend to like to do emails. And the reason for this is, and this especially goes for those smaller companies where they don't have a lot of resources. They don't have a lot of cycles to give to marketing projects. I like to send emails because what if I call and they're in the middle of a sales meeting or in the middle of you know, figuring out their, their finances for their company? I don't want to bug them with a question about marketing. I'd rather send them an email because they can get to it when they have time to get to it and then they can give me an answer. Now, you always want to be nice maybe overly nice. Maybe you want to uh, come off as nicer than you actually are. It's always a good thing to do. And it's a lot easier to do that in an email, but just kind of give them uh, kind reminders that, Hey, I'm waiting for this change from you. You don't want to send them an email saying, "Uh, I sent you this proof like two weeks ago and I still haven't heard back from you. And if you ever want this project to get done, then you really need to send me something. You don't want anything like that. That's, that's just going to rub them the wrong way. That's going to make them not want to work with you ever again. So you want to be nice about it. You want to say, you know, I sent you a proof. I'd really like to uh, get a decision on that soon because it's kind of falling off track. We're, we're getting off track with the project timing and uh, it would be nice to get uh, some kind of some kind of feedback from you, something like that. Sometimes you might even want to be apologetic. Like I said, be overly nice, be nicer than you are. Sometimes I'll send an email that says, you know, I'm sorry I'm bugging you so much about this, but we really are running out of time on this project, or uh, I've started a couple other projects, and because of that, if we fall off a track, then yours might actually be postponed because I have other deadlines as well, so uh, can I get a decision from you on this? Basically, you just try and be as nice as you can, but get to that point as well. I really need this from you so that we can make our deadline, and a deadline is something that Maybe you don't put in every single email, but maybe if you've sent one or two already, maybe you send an email and say, 
you know, we had the specific deadline set for this project. If we don't get some feedback or get the changes that I need from you soon, then we are not going to make that deadline. It's going to be late. And that's, uh, you can use that as a motivator because sometimes people do need things by certain dates. And uh, if they know that you're going to miss the deadline, if they don't get off their ass and give you what they need, give you what you need from them, then uh, that can actually help you as well. We want to make sure that the end result is correct or that the end result is right. Or basically that is what the customer had in mind, what they wanted the end piece to look like. To go back to the uh, car, car dealership story again, when I finally made it to the dealership that treated me right, that listened to what I wanted, that did their best to find a vehicle that met all the qualifications that I had for it, of course, it wasn't exactly what I wanted. Just like when your customers come to you and they have something in mind, the end piece is probably not going to be exactly what they had in mind because we're going to help them to make it better. Just like that happens, you know, I didn't get exactly what I wanted. I didn't get the same truck that I wanted, but I got the closest thing that had all the qualities that I wanted in the truck. And in the same way, we're going to do the same thing for our customers. It's not going to be exactly what they had in mind, maybe not exactly what they wanted but it's going to have all those qualities that they wanted to have in it, all those qualities that they need to make it a functional piece of artwork for them. Now, if we do the process of sign-offs to where we're giving them proofs, they're signing off on it, they say they like it, we're moving in the right direction, we're moving towards that in direction, we should end up with a correct result. Now, sometimes you're going to have to make changes at the end. This is just the way things go. This goes back to the fact that people just can't make up their minds. They see something... It takes them until they actually see it on paper to know that, oh, that's not what I wanted. I wanted this instead. So there are going to be minor tweaks at the end. Now, if the customer is asking you to trash the whole thing and start over again, then you're going to have a little bit of a problem. You're going to have a beef with that. But if they say, well, we need to tweak this bit of copy. Let's uh, let's change this paragraph or let's uh, maybe swap out one image or something like that, then that's doable stuff. That's things that I usually work into my quote. When I work up a quote, I say, okay, these people are probably going to be a little indecisive. We're probably going to have to do a little extra on the revisions, maybe even at the end. So I'm going to add that in at the beginning. If they don't have revisions, then, you know, maybe they're paying a little extra, but they pay extra to get that thing out even quicker. Because if we don't go through this big, long revision process, that project is going to get done very, very quickly. And they're going to have the thing in their hands that much more fast. So... That's something that they, they get out of it. But I usually do work into the quote some kind of revision process because more often than not, it's going to happen. And sometimes, like I said, it'll happen at the end. You'll have to tweak a few things, and that's okay as long as they're not asking you to restart the project. If they ask you to restart the project, then and you've done all your sign-offs, and they signed off on everything, and they said everything was good, and they get to an end result that they don't like... Well, that's grounds for you actually requoting the project because if you're going to do it all over again, then you need to charge them for that service all over again. And they're probably not going to like that, but you need to explain to them, hey, you've signed off on all of these things, which meant that you felt the project was going in the right direction. And now all of a sudden you don't like what it is. So, I mean, you have a legitimate argument for that, that type of situation. The last piece of this puzzle is the follow-up. And follow-ups are something that we've talked about before. It's sending an email, sending a postcard, sending something to that customer after you're already done with their project, letting them know that you appreciate them coming to you for the work. 
telling them thank you and please come back to me if you ever have a need like this again. Emails and postcards are a great way to do that. You might even meet the customer for the final delivery. Maybe there's a CD that you're going to give them to take to the printer. So you're going to meet them one last time and this would be a great time to thank them in person. And also give them some kind of materials. If you have a brochure for your company, or definitely you should have business cards, so give them a bunch of business cards. If you have a flyer for like a referral discount, that would be a great time to get, hand them that as well uh, with your business cards. Give them about six six to eight to ten business cards and, and give them that referral flyer and say, you know what, if you have friends that that or colleagues that need these types of services, if you have them come to me, I will give you a discount on your next project. That's a great time to do that. Also, if you send them an email, maybe you can attach a little coupon flyer or something like that that says the same thing or on a postcard. Another good thing to do is if you have some kind of newsletter for your company, send out the newsletter to them every once in a while. Get their email and and uh, let them know about your company because down the road, maybe six, six months or a year, they might lose your business cards. Business cards go in the trash can sometimes. But you want to stay in their mind. So if you have some kind of newsletter going to their inbox, even if they don't read the whole thing, they see who it's from. And they see that you're trying to uh, keep yourself out there. And, uh, you know, next time they have a project, they'll remember that you had good customer service, that that your work was good. And uh, maybe they'll come back to you for their next project. So that's the whole deal there. You're just trying to thank them and trying to turn them into a repeat customer, somebody who comes back every time they need something graphically done. Now, that's what I call a rookie mistake. One thing I think that designers are pretty much all guilty of, at least at some point, is not getting enough practice. And I think this is really going to relate to those who are in school or maybe just got out of school and aren't in a job yet. You really need to keep up on your skills because they will fade away. If you don't use a particular program for a couple of months, it's going to be really hard for you to get back in there and and work the way that you were working when you were using it all the time. You're going to forget key commands, you're going to forget where things are, and you're not going to work as efficiently. So you always want to make sure that you're well practiced in what you're doing. And there's a couple of different ways to do this. We've said before that one way is to make up projects. Just make something up like I'm going to do a brochure for uh, some kind of company that maybe exists already or maybe you're making up a whole company. Maybe you'll do a whole business ID package for them. It's a good way to do things. Another good way to keep yourself practiced is to enter contests. There's graphic contests all over the place all the time. And uh, these these are a good way because... You don't actually have to come up with a project yourself. They're going to have something for you to be doing already that uh, they give you all the specs, kind of like when you're in school and they give you a project and they say you have to do X, Y, and Z, and you just do it. You just do, you basically work as if you were in a design job and you got specs from somebody and you're now going to complete this project. It makes it a lot easier because sometimes the hardest thing is coming up with what do I want to do to keep myself practiced. So if you enter contests, that's a good way to do it. There's a couple of downfalls from contests, and mainly that's the money issue. These things usually cost money to enter into the contest, and uh, usually it has to do with the prizes that whoever wins the contest gets. Uh, I think that's pretty much to pay for that, but uh, it is a good opportunity. And if you are working somewhere, A good thing to do is try and get your work to actually enter you into contests. This actually happened for me a couple of times. Um, 
our company is very web-based, so we always we're always sending in things like demos that we made, or just our, our actual website interface, and we're entering that into contest because it looks good, of course, for our website to have different awards on it. So if you are at a job where maybe they can do things like that, that would be a good thing to do as well. Sometimes the your work could absorb the costs of the contest, but sometimes it's just going to be worth your while because if you do win those contests as well, that's going to be a great thing to put on your resume. It's going to be a great thing, a great selling point maybe to give to customers saying, you know, I have so many pieces that are award-winning work. Don't you want to work with me because my stuff is that good? It just it looks very good for you, for your career, for your artwork, of course, and you can really make a name for yourself if you win enough of these things. Now, there's lots and lots of people entering into these contests, so I wouldn't expect yourself to win, but sometimes you do. Some sometimes uh, your your work is just that good, and you always it's also a very good confidence builder. If you win awards that several people are entering their work for. Uh, that's obviously going to make you feel good about the direction that your your career and your artwork is going in. Another thing, it really gets you to think about design problems. Because if you're going up against all these people, you want to make sure that yours covers all the design problems. That finds a solution to all these things and is the best design that you could possibly come up with no matter what. So it really gets you to focus on that and... Uh, really focuses your attention to detail on certain things and helps you to perfect your work. It makes you take a good look at your work. And let me just say one thing too, and I think a lot, some contests actually tell you this, but if you're going to enter artwork into a contest, don't ever find something out of your portfolio. Don't, don't find something that you've already done and enter that. You always want to make something new because as we've said many, many times, your artwork grows as time passes, as you do several different projects and going back and using something that you made even like a month ago, you can probably do something better than that a month later. So make sure you make a new piece. If you absolutely love something and you want to enter something that's older, I would say go back into that and try and make it better. Try and update it with the, the new skills that you may have gathered since you made that piece in the first place. But entering contests, a very good idea, and I think everybody should try it at least once. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. Our website for today is goes right along with what I was just talking about, and it's actually a website where you can go enter into a contest. And this contest is put on by Communication Arts. And there's several different categories for this thing. I'm not going to actually give you the URL because it's very long and messy, but you can find the URL if you go look in the show notes of this show. That is at rookiedesigner.com slash rookie. And you'll be able to click on it right there and uh, and go enter these contests. And of course, it'll be in the bullpen as well. But basically, it's at comarts.com and with a bunch of junk at the end. If you go there, you're going to find that there are several different categories that are still open. I think... I believe there's only one that's happened so far, which is interactive design. That was uh, that was due in January, so that one's already over. There is also advertising, design, illustration, and photography. So these are all open still. You can still uh, put your entries in for these. I think many of them are due in June. Uh, looks like the advertising is the deadline is June first, two thousand seven, for design. It is also June 1st. Maybe these are all the same. March 13th is the deadline for illustrations. 
So if you want to get in this one, you don't have much time left, so you want to get that done pretty quickly. And for photography, photography is also March 13th. So photography and illustration, if you want to enter these contests, you got to do it very quickly. You only have about 13 days, or actually 12 days now, depending on when you listen to this. But March 13th is the deadline. As I said, there is a fee that goes along with a lot of these contests. For this one, it is $30 per single entry. So if you're entering one photo, that would be $30. Uh, if you're entering a series, say like a series, a photo shoot, a series of photos, that would be $60 to enter those. So uh, again, you can just go to the website, rookiedesigner.com rookie. Click on that link and go there and you can see what the uh, requirements are for you to send in your entry. Uh, how much you have to pay, what makes you eligible, all that kind of good stuff, and the deadline, of course, and uh, and how to send it into them. So check that out if you want to enter any of those contests. And if you do, then good luck to you. Just real quick, let me remind you of the programs that we always have going on here. The first is a tell a friend program or tell a stranger program, whichever you choose. Anybody you think might benefit from this podcast, please let them know that it's here so that they can give it a listen. The second is the email program, and that is where I ask you to write uh, a nice little letter to the publication that we choose, telling them that you, you like this podcast, that it's a good graphic design resource, and that maybe they should write a story on it or, or something to that effect. And uh, this, this month, I guess, we did the last one for about a month, this month we'll be writing to Print Magazine, and the email for that is info at printmag.com. And you can, of course, find this in the show notes as well. If you want to contact me, you can send an email to adam at rookiedesigner.com. You can go to myspace.com slash rookiedesigner. You can use the call-in line, 619-573-4043. Don't forget to add a 1 in the country code if you're outside the United States. And you can also Skype me at username TitanStrides. Now, the Skype and the call-in line will both go to a, a voicemail message machine where you can leave me a message there, and most likely I'll get back to you. And uh, you can also use the forum, and the forum, I think, is the best way to do this. You can go up. There's lots of good conversations going on right now. I want to thank everybody that's been up there posting because things are, are happening these days. Um, but it's a great way to talk to designers all over the world and learn more about your profession and how other people do it as well. So I think it's a great thing to do. RookieDesigner.com slash forum. Check it out. I want to thank everybody for listening, new listeners and old. And uh, thank, I want to thank everybody for the emails. I've been getting lots of emails with some positive feedback, people asking me all kinds of questions that hopefully I've been answering, you know, at least semi-good. And uh, thank you for spreading the word about Ricky Designer. I've gotten a few emails lately also saying uh, I told my whole class about Ricky Designer and I got lots of people to check it out. So thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. But thank you everyone for just participating in this whole community, whether it be just listening to the podcast and learning things that you may not have known or actually giving me some feedback or going up on the forums and talking to other people or definitely spreading the word about the podcast. Uh, every little bit helps. And uh, it really means a lot to me that you guys have invested so much of your time in this uh, because it really, it really validates me spending my time on it. And uh, hopefully we can all become much better graphic designers for it. But there's one thing that everybody needs to remember, and that is that everybody's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's high.